this week on Inside Motorsport, we conclude our chat with Ian Tate. But first, we look at NASCAR on the dirt. I hope you'll stay with us. NASCAR had its first dirt race in 51 years at the Bristol Motor Speedway. After rain delays on Tuesday morning Australian time, Joey Logano took the victory. He spoke in victory lane to NASCAR.com. Unbelievable racetrack. Great job by everyone that prepped the track. Obviously a lot of work over the last few days. And, uh, man, we did a lot of work in the, in the dirt department here the last few weeks with my buddy Ryan Flores and my, my car chief Jerry Kelly doing a good job with the modified and just making laps and learning where I was going. And all that helped. Kevin Buzzkirk helped a lot too. He has a lot of knowledge. And, uh, and obviously Paul Wolf, this team, uh, great car, obviously, to, to be able to execute the race we did and, uh, and get a win. I was getting nervous with so many first-time winners and, and, and different winners than there's typically been. I was like, we got to get a win next year we get in the playoffs. So it's amazing to get this Shell Pencil Mustang in the, in the victory lane at Bristol. It's nothing like winning at Bristol, but putting dirt on it and being the first to do it is really special. General consensus is the NASCAR will be returning to the dirt in 2022. We're here with Ian Tate. Day two of the 2021 Victorian Historic Racing is uh, finished for the day. And we're talking now about time of Ian's involvement in historic racing. Tell us about how you got involved to start with. I had money in Tassie. I got him to look out for a couple of cars for me to buy and restore. And I got a little prefect special. I only raced in Tassie and I rebuilt Is this that. Two door? No, no, single seated open wheeler. Oh, and, right. uh, prefect special. Prefect special. And I raced that for 39 years. It was absolutely sensational. But I got involved in the VHRR and uh, some years later, about to the year 2000, John Blanchard, senior. We used to go away, have Christmas in July and all sorts of stuff for the club. And there was a, I was up there, Marysville, and with a mate of mine, Ron Townley, we were driving down the road, and there was an old codger in the back, and I said, who's that? He said, oh, I think his name's John. Anyway, uh, he was up there with a friend of his, Teddy Brewster, and uh, Teddy Brewster's his best man, and Teddy had been racing historics for years. Anyway, after that night, John Blanchard came up to me and said, listen, you haven't got club rooms, have you? No, John. He said, well, I might have some space for you. Would you like to come and have a look? So we went down the next day as quick as we could, and we had a look at John Blanchard's front, where his old office used to be. It was empty. A cool drive. A cool drive down at Blexton Road. Would you like to have this as a peppercorn rent? There's a base for you. Well, that's sad. Club off instead of meeting at pubs and uh, committee meetings and houses and whatever. We had a base, we had a, a VHA had a base, and we turned that into a fantastic club room. At that stage, we'd been uh, we'd uh, had Jack Brabham at Philip Island with us as a, a guest. We asked him if we'd like to be patron of the club, which he jumped at, and we had a fantastic period with old Jack. I'd be home over night time uh, on the Wednesday night before Philip Island. Packing up, ready to come and check Jack here. How's our meeting coming along? I'm coming down tomorrow night. I want to see you. How many entries have we got? How are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing there? This is Sir Jack. Oh, it was just incredible. And then at that stage, we John Blanchard gave us a bit more room, a cool, cool drive, and we built a, an annex for Sir Jack Bram Annex. We had the BT19 down there from Repco, and that lived in our club rooms for uh, five, six, seven years. Yeah. We had a, a, the opening of our club rooms, uh, the annex down there with a lot of people, and Cool Drive had been so helpful to us, and that even goes today. The Cool Drive race team has developed into a, a supercar team, and they're at, at the far end of our club rooms, in the, in the section up there. And, uh, of course, we saw Tim Slade at Bathurst have an unfortunate incident. And it just so happens that Tim Slade is racing down there this weekend with us. Yeah. And uh, we were short of a driver in another car yesterday, and we asked Tim 
plant shark, we'd like to have a race in one of the supercars down here, in the supercar sprint. And he finished third today. He had a fantastic time. So the cool drive. And, and of course, both John, the father of Tim, they've both raced in Formula Fords for many years here. They certainly have. We, last year we had three Blanchards down here. I think Tim won a race down here last year. Yeah. But today we've got two Blanchards running. We've got John Jr. and we've got Harrison, his yes. other son, racing in a Formula Tim's, Ford. Yeah, and I think... Harrison might have got in front of his stand today. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the cool driver being, been, uh, the cool driver, the Blanchard, Shirley and John, and the Blanchard family, and cool driver being very generous to, to VHR over the last 20 years, maybe 25 years, and we're very proud to be part of the cool drive family. And before when you mentioned about the BT19, for those who don't know, that's the world championship winning Repco Braben of 1966. That's right. It's a car that probably should be the most revered car in Australian motorsport history. Of course it should. And wasn't fantastic to see it. Bathurst last one oh, again. Yeah. I was on the start line. I had a lap around the track each day. And there's the car that Jack and, and helped and design, built. Grandson driving it. Grandson driving it. And uh, it's a car that Jack designed with Ron Turinac and built, raced it, won the championship, won a number of races that year, won the world championship in a car designed and drove himself. Yeah. And he could have won it the next year, but Denny Helm won it in another Braven the next year, yeah. two years in a row. Fantastic period. And Jack was a gentleman. We still go on well with Margaret. Margaret uh, flies down to our Christmas functions every year. We have a, a strong connection with Margaret still. We have Jack's majority of Jack's trophies still in our club rooms on yes. land from the uh, Braven family. When did you stop building competitive race engines? I haven't stopped. I've still oh, built it. No. No, I've got a couple on the go still. I want to give it away in the next couple of months. Uh, concentrate. What, what, so what are you building them? Um, mostly the, the six-cylinder Group N engines. A man who made his name with the grey engine? Yes. Yeah, and these are uh, 35 horsepower, these cars now. And uh, oh. that's why the X-U1s are so quick. Unfortunately, we haven't got any quick ones down here today, this weekend. Um, but last year, the X-U1s performed very, very well. It's incredible to see a little XU1 hanging on to a big Falcon or Camaro down the straight. Yeah. It's fantastic. But uh, no, we're still involved in building engines at the moment. And uh, I'm going to give that one the next two or three months and concentrate on some of my own cars. Do you have a, a workshop at home? Uh, no, I, I, I sold my workshop. I had it. I moved out of Queens Avenue. I bought, we, we bought Queens Avenue after Harry retired in 76. And I was there till the year 2000 again for another period of my life and I moved up to another wedding about the year 2000 and I sold to a, a, a young guy who used to work for me, young Anthony Dove and he works out, I'm only a guest there at the moment, lucky enough to be part of it still and I still enjoy what I'm doing. Dynoing is part of your life at these, well? uh, I sell my chassis dyno to Anthony and he's, we have a chassis dyno, he's about to buy a new update to the chassis dyno we've had for 30 years and uh, we've got our chassis dyno in house but we go to an engine dyno when we need to. And I mean when was the last engine you delivered? I've got one half built at the moment, well, I can't remember, but we, we're building, you, you, last, last year was a, a pretty tight year for us because there wasn't any racing going on Yes. so we didn't have to do much work last year but before that, we were still winning engines for Philip Island 12 months ago. The club itself, uh, VHRR, it has a you know international reputation because you have had many international people pre-COVID times. Yes. You can obviously see a time when that will happen again. We are planning for next year at the moment. We are hoping to get the 5,000 back from New Zealand next year, right. here, with a local 5,000, which will probably give us 28,000. They're in a little bit of disarray in, in New Zealand at the moment, for various reasons. If that doesn't happen, there are, we're working, our, our 
one of our ambassadors in, uh, in England, uh, Andy Newell, has, this is the first meeting he's missed in 21 years. He's looking for cars right now, and we've got a contact in America who wants to bring three cars out next year too. So we've got our figures in the pie there trying to line up cars overseas for next year. As you well it will, know... It will happen. Motorsport is an incredible thing, and I went to Laguna Seca a number of years ago. It was one of the, it was a Mustang or something like that tribute to it. And one of the most amazing things to me was seeing a field of about fifty-five thousands. And I you at first thought, oh, they're Formula Fords. Hang on, no, they've got big wheels. Hang on, they've got wings. They're five thousands. And to see such an enormous field, and then to see the Formula One field. Yeah, I know. And Incredible. and you know, I think there were. I, I spoke to a guy there who builds Cosworth engines. He's, he's based not far from, from Laguna Seca track. Yeah. And he's building over 200 Cosworth engines a year. There's never been a time in the world there have been more competitive racing machinery yeah. than we currently have. We're very privileged. I mean, we've got a three 962 Porsches here at the moment. We've got two racing this weekend. Yeah. The other one couldn't come down. Next year, we hope to get the M8F McLaren back again from New South, uh, from Queensland. Yes. We've got some fantastic cars here, you know, and great drivers now. The other thing that is missing, obviously, this year, apart from the spectators, is the very thing in that, that spectators need, and that is somewhere to go and buy something. So that's a, a big miss, isn't it? It is. We couldn't have trade stands this year, and um, we couldn't have our merchandise. We, we sell $20,000 worth of merchandise this year. They'll be back next year, I can promise you. Well, thank you very much, Ian Tate, for joining us on Inside Motorsport. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.